0: And you guys, that's, that's, that's what it's about. That's absolutely what it's about. And we are so pleased that we have an opportunity to, uh, to be here in and out every single week. And you know, the one thing that we get to do every single week, we get to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And today is not going to be any disappointment in that arena. But before we get to that part, I want to ask you a question How many of you keep up with the news? Yeah? How many of you, as soon as you get up in the morning after you do a few things, you turn on the news and you just let it run in the background? How many of you let it run for all day? I'm so sorry. (laughs) How about the newspaper? You can't wait for the newspaper to come in. No newspaper takers? Oh, there's a couple. Okay. Uh, television uh, websites that so you just jump on, you get on your app, you get online, and you just check that out. You look at it periodically. Yeah. So we kind of have these, these people that, that just go and they, they look at the news. And it, here's the funny thing about the news. It rarely changes throughout the day. Um, but do you ever get tired, though, of the news? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens, though, when the news decides to, instead of covering the things that we're supposed to be most concerned and scared of, they show you a story that's a good story. You like that? How many of when that happens, you go, nope, I'm turning the channel, I'm not going to look at that. When you see a good story, you don't close the tab on your browser. Instead, you just hope, and you hope that this is kind of the place where it's gonna go, that the world will move towards these good things. And when you see those kinds of stories, you hope it's good, and you want to believe that it's good, and you just really, really in the bottom of your heart want to believe that there's good in the world. But you know, in our lives, we have an opportunity to communicate with all kinds of people And when we start talking about Christianity, there's some resistance that happens. And the resistance around Christianity is based on this question, is it true? But for other people, they wrestle with this different question, is it good? Because when Jesus' birth was announced, it could have been announced in any manner of different ways, in lots of different ways, in different uh, avenues, different words. But here's what I want us to look at this morning: the initial headline of Jesus' birth was good news. Good news was the breaking story of the day. It was the terminology used. It was the phrase of good news of great joy. And that's when you hear about those types of stories, that story is going to lift your eyes, it's going to elevate your heart, it's going to bring something up inside of you. This news that was given, the good news of great joy, was just not for that immediate city, not just for those immediate people. This was part of the good news for all the world. This is the shocker that no one could imagine that this good news would be Good news of great joy for all people. Because good news is generally only good news for one group of people. Good news is generally good for one group and bad for another. But this news was so good this news was so great that they titled it. In fact, when they started talking about this story, when they started writing down this story, when they started just talking about the the whole thing, they called it the gospel. And the gospel means good news. Why would they need to name it anything else? Because it is good news. It's exactly what it is. But if it's that good then here's the question. If if the news of Jesus is so good, then why is there so much resistance to it? If if Jesus is, is to be good for all people, then why do people push away? Why do people look for another way out? Why wouldn't people who don't believe it's true at least just wish that it was true? Shouldn't the response to Christianity, to Christmas, be, wow, that that sounds kind of hard to believe. I'm not sure that I can believe that, but imagine, just, just imagine, imagine if this were true, because when we hear good news, we want it to be true. When you hear good news, you want it to be true, and you don't resist it. You hope. You hope that it's true. In fact, when we're talking about the good news of Jesus, we're talking about the original version. The original version of the good news was so good and so compelling. The original version was worth telling. It was so much worth telling that no one had to pay anyone to tell it. In fact, Luke tells us in the beginning of his gospel that many people, many people had set out to write down what had happened. There's no parallel in history of people sitting down to write an orderly account of the things that have happened surrounding the birth of Christ. In ancient history, many people endeavored to document the teaching and the life of Jesus, not because they were paid to do so, but because they knew this story needed to be preserved. It was a story worth telling. It was a story for every generation and every nation. It absolutely needed to be told. So the question I want us to look at, the the thing I want to deal with today is specifically what happened to the good news? What happened to the good news? The short of it is, is, is this. We took the good news of great joy for all people, and we made it about us. We internalized the good news. And by that, I mean we reduced it to something that you just believe other than what you do. We've reduced it, though, for some to fire insurance. In fact... I'd say there's a good number of you in here that the way that you came to know Jesus was because of the representation that there would be an experience that was unpleasant in the afterlife, the life after this. And so for some, we took this belief in Jesus as a method of fire insurance. And if that's why you became a Christian, it was out of a lot of fear. It was out of a lot of this question, what is it going to do for me? But when you read the gospel, when you read the good news, when you read the accounts of Jesus, primarily primarily Jesus talked about something not about what was going to happen after you die. What Jesus talked about was not primarily about what you believe even. What Jesus talked about was how you live your life. It was Jesus talked about how to live a life that honors God, about how we treat people. When it gets reduced to what's in it for me, in spite of, in spite of how, and when you reduce it in spite of, of how it affects you, when you're only looking at the gospel, only looking at the good news of Jesus and saying, what's in it for me, you reduce it to something that is not good news for all people. And it's not the original good news. That's the pick and choose type of news. It's the, I'm going to pick the things that make me feel better about me kind of good news. Let's pick the part that suits me better. I'm going to pick the parts of a belief in Jesus that make me feel okay about the way that I live my life the things that suit me, that suit my family, the things that I pick, the ones that I choose, the ones that I think are going to be the most beneficial. Now, the, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he was an actual person in actual history. He was a man that, that lived in this kind of epicenter of the transition from the law and the prophets to the good news of the kingdom of God. And this transition, as you might imagine, was a pretty big one. He was a Pharisee, which means that he knew the old way backward and forward. He knew, and he knew it all so very well. In fact, he could recite it. In fact, he was the kind of person that would kind of judge others according to the way that they adhered to the law. But this guy, this apostle Paul, that knew the, the law backward and forward, he became a Jesus follower. And he wrote this to the church in Galatia. He said, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's, neither, there's no male and female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. He's saying, you have never met anyone for whom the good news was not the good news. If my version of the good news or your version of the good news is not good for Jews and Gentiles, if if our version of the good news is not good for slave or free, if our version is not good for male or female, for rich or poor, for righteous or unrighteous, for saints or sinners, if my version of the good news is not okay for is not good for my crazy uncle, your sister-in-law, that skeptical. Cousin, that part of the family that's coming for Christmas, and you're already wondering how long they're going to stay. If the good news isn't good for your neighbor, that annoying neighbor, or your ex wife, or your ex husband, if it's not good for them, then it's not the good news, then it's not the original news. It's not the original version of the good news. If the good news, if Jesus is good news, then what about me as a Jesus follower? If Jesus is good news and I follow Jesus, then what about me as a Jesus follower? We have to ask this question, am I good news? Am I good news of great joy for all people? Or am I good news of great joy just for the people who I like? I have a feeling, and I believe that you're smart people, and that, and that you, you, know, you know this. If we had gotten this right, if we had gotten this right, that we could be good news of great joy for all people, our communities our nation maybe the world would be a better place. It would be a different place. A different, better place. Do do you remember what Jesus said would kind of mark, would characterize his followers? Did Jesus say that correct belief would characterize us? Did he say perfect attendance would characterize us? Did he say... Well, here's what he said. John chapter 13, verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Men and women all over the world are to know that you follow me by the way that you treat one another, by the way that you treat others. People of this world will know that you belong to me because you treat one another with love, with respect, with dignity. The way that you love others is good news. Every generation of Jesus followers is responsible to ensure that the news that we share about Jesus is the original news, that it is actually good news. Jesus could not have been clearer. He couldn't have been clearer about our role in in sharing the good news of Jesus, of sharing the good news of the kingdom of God, of sharing the good news that righteousness had come, and that our sins would be forgiven. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter five, verses 14 and 16. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works that they may see your good deeds that come from the good news and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. May they see your good deeds. May they see what you do. May they see how you relate. May they see how you love. May they see that there's a connection between you and our Father in heaven, a connection between the deeds that you do and our Father in heaven, because your light And I don't think we know this. I don't think we internalize this. Your light may be the only light that a person gets to see. Your light may be the only one that magnifies. That's what it means to glorify. Your light may be the only one that magnifies who God really is. In other words, our responsibility is to personify the good news. Our responsibility is to be the good news that people want to see, the good news that people need to hear. Not good news to make people feel good, but good news that gives them hope for a future. Good news that gives them hope in eternity. Good news. So let's think back to Paul for just a moment. Paul. Paul was this man that was in the middle of a rising star, being a Pharisee. He was a rising star. In fact, he was given responsibilities. His future, his finances, all of his, everything that he had depended on the old ways, the laws and the prophets. People who benefit from the old ways, from keeping the status quo, you know what? They're less likely to let it all go. But he went after the way. He went after Jesus. He went after the followers of Jesus with fervor. Paul was dead set on wiping out these people. In fact, he came to the point where he was deputized and authorized to go and throw everybody that had been following this way in prison to take care of them to move them out of the way, to get rid of this movement. But then he had an encounter with God. He had an encounter with God, the God that he didn't know. He encountered the grace and the love of Jesus, and he laid every bit of it down. He laid down his financial plan for his future. He laid down the things that he thought he knew about God. He laid it all down and he was still an activist, he was still a missionary, he was still on task, and instead he picked up. What was it that made Paul flip a switch? What was it that made him flip a switch and say this in Galatians chapter five, verse six? What is most important is faith expressing itself in love. Paul encountered exactly what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying when he took on the rest of his life, when, when Paul just followed, he took on exactly what Jesus said, that faith expresses itself in love. Paul became a changed man. He became a better man. And he took on exactly what Jesus was saying when Jesus said that you are the light of the world. And Jesus Jesus showed us what love personified looked like because he put us first, and then he said, follow me. This is how I want you to treat people. If you read the Gospels and you see how Jesus interacted with others, it is in a way that would treat people with dignity and respect, that would show them the way of the kingdom, and it's not the way of the kingdom of this world. It's not about what you believe. It's about what you do with what you believe. James said it this way faith without works is dead. And Jesus did this, and he showed us what love personified looked like because he endured death on a cross. The moment that God was most glorified would have been the moment that you and I were most horrified. We would have looked away. The goal of crucifixion in the ancient world was extinction. It was erasing that person. It was so horrible and so so unworthy that your friends and your family would deny knowing you. You'd be disowned by your family. You'd be disowned by your friends. In fact, they wouldn't even know after it was done where you were buried. It was as if you had never existed. And this type of of punctuation is what our Father chose to use to glorify. It was the punctuation of the life of Jesus. Jesus said, I came to give my life as a ransom for many. I came to leverage all of my power and all of my influence for those who have virtually No power and no influence. Now, Jesus says, I want you to look at what I do and I want you to follow me. I want you, Jesus says, to learn from me. I want you to figure out in your world, with your family, with your finances, with the opportunities that you have, how to emulate Christ how to emulate what does it look like to love others with your finances? What does it look like to love others with your family? The opportunities that you have for jobs, the opportunities that you have to serve because it's good. In fact, following Jesus and doing as he said is, is good for the whole world. And Jesus invites us to follow him to set up a brand new order of things. He set up a kingdom of conscience, a kingdom where the heart rules, and the heart is not our heart. It's in sync with the heart of God. And that's the invitation that Jesus gave. Jesus said, follow me. And it changes everything because it changes humanity from the inside out. And when we learn what does it look like to follow Jesus, when we do that, good things happen around us. But see, here's the funny thing. When things are about us, when life is about us, it's bad news. But when we embrace the commands of Jesus, when we take Jesus' invitation to follow me, we put others first. We choose to put others before ourselves. We intentionally become light. We become light, we become bearers of the good news we learn how through that being a bearer of good news, how to do good deeds and how we glorify God. Because when it's about Christ, it is good news. The good news of Jesus is the kingdom that he came to to put in in action on this earth, that, that a king was born, and this king was not an ordinary king. He was a king that gave his life for his subjects instead of taking his subjects' lives. He gave sacrificially. God so loved the world, the Scripture says, that he gave. So a question today is this, are you good news Am I good news? If the good news of Jesus is inside us, if the good news lives inside us, shouldn't there be something about us that is good news for the world? Are you striving to put others first? Are you striving to to defer what you want? For the sake of others. Are you you striving to follow Jesus and love one another? Because God sent his son to establish a new kind of relationship. A new kind of covenant between God and man. And on the very first Christmas, on the very first Christmas, this brand new arrangement was announced this way. Do not be afraid. For I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. And here's the amazing thing about this good news. That Messiah that was born in the town of David, the city of Bethlehem, is that young baby. That baby grew to be a man And that man stepped on the pages of history as Jesus of Nazareth. And he extended to you and to me a simple invitation to all of us. He said, follow me. It was an invitation to good people. It was an invitation to not so good people. It was an invitation to people who weren't sure that there was anything good left in this world. So is the message of Jesus true? You bet. Was the message of Jesus good? Oh, it was better than good. It was good for you, and it's good for me, and it's good for the whole world.